Welcome to hell, everybody. Welcome to hell, Team Doom, for another episode of Let's Talk About Horror with your boy, Walter Doom. And I am back for another episode. And if you want to follow me on those social medias, those social medias are the Walter Doom on Twitter or X, whatever the fuck that shit is called. I'm already starting off cussing already. <laughs> it's too early for that. But anyway, Walter Doom Horror on Instagram on youtube and on tiktok i swear i felt like i was not going to remember what those platforms are (laughs) and walter doom everywhere else that involves like streaming podcasts but anyway i have an episode for you guys today and today i'm going to talk about scream 7 as you guys know scream 7 is under a lot of production hell right now Nev Campbell didn't want to be involved. Courtney Cox doesn't want to be involved. Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega both dropped out of the of the movie. And I believe the director of the film, I can't remember his name right now. He dropped out of the movie as well. And I believe he dropped out like maybe a couple of weeks after Jenna Ortega has left. So... There have been a couple of articles that have came out that I want to talk about. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about in this episode is what directors could come in because word around town, uh, word around town, Nev Campbell wants to come back under the right circumstances. So first off, let's talk about some of the Nev Campbell news first. So on Blade Discussing, they have an article that reads, Scream 7, Nev Kimmel will potentially return under the right circumstances. So um, I can't remember when this article came out. This article came out January 14th. So this is old news, by the way, for y'all that are listening to this right now. But it all comes together. Believe me, give it some time. But anyway, the future of Scream franchise is quite unclear at the moment with franchise stars Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega no longer involved in the upcoming Scream 7 and director Christopher Landon exiting the project as well. The project has completely fallen apart behind the scene. Needless to say, Paramount slash Spyglass are scrambling, which they are they are really scrambling for this one. A report came out this past November that suggests the studios are hoping to bring Nev Campbell back for Scream 7 and Campbell is open to that under the right circumstances 
It's sad to me that they're struggling at the moment. I would imagine that the people at the top are spinning a little bit. Trying to make the right decision, I would imagine people want to do the right thing, I would hope. Kimball tells IndieWire in a new chat this weekend, I love this franchise. I will hope it doesn't fall apart. I don't know why I gave her that voice. <laughs> I, I am just terrible with voices, by the way. But anyway, um, reading on, when asked if she will return, Kimmel had to say this. Given the right circumstances, yes. I made a statement several years ago, and it was the reason I didn't do Scream 6 at the time. If you guys remember what happened, I mean, um... Yeah, Radio Silence didn't want to pay Nev Campbell whatever she wanted to get paid. I guess because they were gonna they weren't going to utilize her as much in the film. Maybe, maybe that was the original idea. I don't know. Maybe they did have an idea to utilize her a lot in the film. Maybe probably to kill her off. Who knows? I don't even know. But maybe they had an idea. She said no to the pay and was like, fuck that. I'm not doing it. But moving on, I just really felt the need to stand up and say that I don't believe I would have been treated that way had I been a man carrying a franchise for 25 years and still stand. <laughs> man, I don't know why she had to bring in like that, but all right, go off. I don't know. I feel like I don't think it had anything to do with gender specifically. I mean, maybe gender does play a role in the reason why they didn't want to pay her what she wanted to get paid. But I feel like it has more of like radio silence has no connection to Nev Campbell personally. Like if it was Wes Craven doing the franchise, if he was still around today and he was still working on the franchise and he was still using Nev Campbell as the main protagonist of the film. Yes, she would probably get paid for her role in Scream, no matter who's in it or how what direction. But I feel like, honestly, I don't even think Wes would have went in the direction Radio Silence has gone. Radio Silence actually really did a good, I guess, in a way a breath of fresh air for the franchise by introducing new characters that didn't come off too overbearing or too like, okay, why are these people here kind of thing? I mean, we have dealt with franchises where they reboot the series and, and I mean, we're talking about legacy series, by the way. So we're talking about like something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre who introduced new characters as well as have a legacy character, even though it's not played by the original actress, they still had the character. They tried to do something legacy related and it didn't really pan out so well because not many people cared about those characters, at least the people who hated the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. They did not really relate to the characters or just like the characters in general. So, yeah, I mean, point being is, like, Nev Campbell definitely would have been paid if Wes Craven was still around. Radio Silence, don't really give a fuck about her. They, they, they told her she could eat a dick, basically. They were just like, yeah, we're not going to pay you like that. I mean, I don't know what the contract was looking like, but 
uh, for sure they were not trying to pay her just because you know they didn't really have that sort of business relationship with her but moving on um the reason Campbell didn't return for Scream 6 was because she wasn't being offered the money she felt she was worth so that's one of the issues that would need to be resolved before she ever considered playing Sydney Prescott on the big screen one more time and that's another thing man um there's more to this article but I mean it's nothing really um important so we're gonna go ahead and call that a day but last point before I move on to the next article because there is some some noise being rumbled around a bit but um this is one of the bigger noises really get get paid for your worth there is nothing wrong with that honestly like there are so many of us you know not you in particular that's listening but maybe maybe you maybe someone you know maybe a friend family whoever they are not getting paid for their worth they're working a fucking crappy ass job and they are not getting paid for what they are worth they're given their expertise they're given their time they're given their knowledge they're given their energy and they're given also their mental health and sometimes man these jobs that undermine us you know they want to undermine us and fucking treat us like trash or just and i'm sorry it sounds like a harp (laughs) but i'm speaking on like you know working experience because we could all know like we all know fucking working for for companies it's it's ass and i mean especially in this day and age right now where the job market is really trash right now or it's like really hard to get a job or find a job and companies is trying to work us two three times maybe even quadruple times more to pay us pennies on a dollar and it's like the cost of living is going up rent is going up gas is going up fucking subscription services have the audacity to go up as well and i mean it's like at this point you're you're you have to like sit there and think to yourself like why am i working at a job where i'm giving my all but i'm not getting shit for it i'm only speaking this passionately because i'm going through it (laughs) i'm going through it but man i know other people that are going through it too and it's like man fuck these jobs bro like if we didn't have to pay rent student loans credit card bills shit like that that we need to pay car notes nigga fuck these jobs bro that's all i'm saying but yeah back to nev campbell man i mean i don't blame her she's probably like yo i'm a working actress yes i am on twisted fucking metal getting paid getting paid nigga so for me it's like I want my money. I carry Scream. How many franchises? I mean, damn. I mean, I think Nev Kimmel is getting a hernia just for carrying the franchise for five fucking films. For how many years? She said 25 years. Nigga, she carried that franchise for 25 years. 
how many fucking franchises could say they carried it to this day to this day <laughs> to this day you know for 25 years and they didn't want to pay her nigga be fucking for real and then it's like I like Melissa Barrera and I do like Jenna Ortega too but they are not fucking Nev Campbell and yes I'm gonna say this screen fucking six show they could actually carry on the franchise and actually I give it up to Radio Silence for for actually displaying it but that goes back to another thing good fucking writing which a lot of other franchises that go on for so many years that are legacy ones like fucking Texas Chainsaw fucking fucking um Friday the 13th fucking Nightmare on Elm Street you know once you lose your fucking writer that wrote things as well as they could the writing suffers the acting suffers the story of the franchise suffers because it starts becoming unrelated the timelines looking all fucked up i mean goddamn i was watching the nun 2 the nun 2 last year and i'm sitting here thinking like okay wasn't frenchy discovered by a fucking bunch of people in a house tripping out and they saw him being possessed and they saw like crosses and shit on his body and shit even though it was literally like forced in after the nun one because technically that storyline was in the first conjuring but anyway point being is the fucking nun two should not be existing with frenchy doing whatever the fuck this nigga was doing because the, the timeline is fucking off but let me chill <laughs> let me chill because at the end of the day these these studios are trying to make money and i mean scream six was a success it was one of my top i can't remember where it was but it was it was top 20 i remember i put it in top 20 i did i had it earlier in top 10 but there was a lot of better movies that came out besides scream six i'm sorry <laughs> But um, moving on, so um, Jasmine Savoy, she was on the red carpet, I believe, for the Emmys or whatever award show she was on, and they stopped her to talk to her about Scream 7. So this article says, and it's also on Blade Discussion, this one came out January 18th, um, so also not too long ago. This one is a little bit this one is the recent story that's been put out about Scream 7. So this one reads, Justin Savoy Brown says she hasn't gotten a call about Scream 7. Mm. What the hell is going on with Scream 7? It's impossible to know at this point in time, but it seems any and all original plans for the franchise's next installment have been scrapped. Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega are no longer starring and Christopher Landon is no longer directing while Nev Campbell is waiting on the right circumstances to return. It's safe to say the core for Barrera, Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding is no more but will the core to Savoy Brown and Gooding return in Scream 7? I could answer that for you. No they not. <laughs> 
I was like, I had a discussion with, um, I forget who I was talking to, but, um, I was telling them like, yeah, you could do a Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding movie with the twins, quote unquote, cause that's what they're supposed to be in the movie, but you could do a movie with the twins, but no one gives a fuck about the twins like that. Come on, man. Like, honestly, honestly, ask yourself. And, and honestly, and this is going back to how. The screen movies are framed. I mean, the twins are are not the main characters of the movie. They are supporting cast members, you know? So they are like, do, well, huh, I can't even say Dewey is a supporting role, actually. Because if you think about it, I think, I think Wes Craven did a better job with, with having, Courtney Cox Arquette and David Arquette. Well, actually, she's no longer David Courtney Cox Arquette anymore. She's just Courtney Cox. But I feel like Wes Craven did a better job in making those people prominent roles as well. But you know what? I'm thinking about it now. Would I want to see a Gail Weathers scream? Hell fucking no. <laughs> hell fucking no so that so she is a supporting role so just like how we would not want to see a gail weathers dewey riley starring scream movie we definitely do not want to see the twins starring in scream i'm sorry speaking with entertainment tonight on the red carpet at the emmy awards over the weekend Franchise star Jasmine Savoy Brown reveals she hasn't yet gotten any calls. Savoy Brown, starring in Yellow Coat, I'm, I'm sorry, Yellow Jackets, Yellow Coats, I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. Yellow Jackets, Screen, tells E.T., I haven't gotten a call. So I think if you want to ask Spyglass what they're doing, you can. I haven't gotten a call. That's kind of that's kind of feisty right there, Jasmine. <laughs> I mean, she really kind of just, actually, there's a video, too, about this, too. Look, I, I think I'm going to play the video just to, just to check it out. I haven't even looked at the video, either. She notes in the interview, I think that everything that we did, the core four, is amazing and important and should be celebrated forever. And I'm glad that we got to capture that on screen. And I'm proud to have four people of color in that horror film. I'll forever be proud of that. And I actually do like the fact that she mentioned that because... We don't have many movies where people of color are the prominent roles of of a horror franchise. I mean, there's very few um, mainstream movies where people of color are like, you know, the main and people all like it. It is is what I'm trying to get at. Like people actually like it and it's actually really good. It doesn't just resonate with one culture. It it resonates with a lot of people across the board and that I actually do like the fact that they did that, but Let's be honest, man. Melissa Barrera's character and Jenna Ortega's character, they supposed to be playing white girls. <laughs> I'm sorry, the last name Carpenter, that doesn't sound very Latina to me. That doesn't sound very Latin to me. Come on, man. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're, we're going to go ahead and move on to the story um let's look at the video let's look at the video let's see how she said it i want to see how she said all on this one what's the secret about this outfit the secret is my stylist amanda <laughs> Lim. i love her i'm wearing custom givenchy i mean how lucky can a girl get I mean, did you hear what you 
just said? No, I know. I know. Actually, you know what's funny? As I, yesterday I was having a moment with, like, younger me, like, child me. My friend was like, sit with her for a minute. She must be so proud of you. You're going to the Emmys. And I sat with her, and she went, why did it take you so long? <laughs> was it worth the wait? It was totally worth the wait. How's your night been? Sum it up for me. Do you have a highlight that stands out? What are you going to remember Highlight, most? well, just now, running into my best friend, Violet Bean. Aww. Her show just came out on Hulu tonight. I just talked to her about that. Um, we have been best friends for almost 10 years, and, like, her having a moment on the night that I'm having a moment is really cool. You deserve it. You Thank really you. Do. I'm so excited for you. I want to know, obviously, there's been a lot of shakeups with the Scream movies. What do you want fans to know about, like, what you hope for that happens with this franchise? Well, I think that... Everything that we did, the core four, is amazing and important and should be celebrated forever. And I'm glad that we got to capture that on screen. And I'm proud to have four people of color That's in that right. horror film. And you're part of that legacy forever. I mean, it's one of those... Forever, and I'll right? forever be proud of that. And you guys just reunited, right? What was that like to be together again? It was so random and fun. I didn't know like we you were... you didn't plan that. We did not plan right. that. Jenna's my heart and soul. Yeah. I'll protect her forever. I love her. I love Melissa. I love Jack. I love Mason. It just made me happy. It was yeah. just fun to see them. List Amanda. Oh, shit. Hey, hey, hey. Let's protect Jenna Ortega at all times. At all times. <laughs> like, like, like how we gotta protect little B at all times, man. Let's protect, let's protect Jenna Ortega at all times, man. <laughs> Reunited, right? What was that like to be together again? It was so random and fun. I didn't know. Like we you were... didn't plan that. We did not plan right. that. Jenna's my heart and soul. Yeah. I'll protect her forever. I love her. I love Melissa. I love Jack. I love Mason. It just made me happy. It was yeah. just fun to see them. We're now, family. Now, if they called you to be a part of the next installment of Scream, your answer would be? I haven't gotten a call. Okay. So I think if you want to ask Spyglass what they're doing, you can. I will. I haven't gotten a call. Okay, well, I would need you back. <laughs> Damn. Hey, hey, man. Hey, that is classic. Throw these motherfuckers under the bus. Let's get these niggas all the calls. Man, she just... Oh, man. Jasmine Savoy. Hey, hey. Protect her at all times just like Lil B. <laughs> she literally just threw these niggas under the bus. She was just like, hey, I don't know shit. Hey, they ain't talked to me. They ain't called me. These niggas on that bullshit right now. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, but that's the story, um, the latest on Scream 7. So, the other day, I was reading about 10 directors that could save the Exorcist Deceiver film. As you guys know right now, um, Exorcist Deceiver's director, David Gordon Green, he left. Did I say his name right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I I feel like I fucked his name up, but um he left the franchise. He's no longer a part of the Exorcist um trilogy that they have planned. So it's a trilogy. I didn't know they had a whole trilogy planned out until I read about it, but he dipped out because of the poor reception about Exorcist Believer. But I'ma say is those receptions are well deserved, sir. <laughs> Did you not see your Halloween movies, by the way? 
I mean, they were pure ass. I mean, let's 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 be honest. The pro- if we had to rank those three films together, Halloween Ends was the worst one that that was in that installment. But moving ahead. So, Blade Disgusting did an article and they did 10 directors that would be good to take the helm of director for that franchise. So, that gave me an idea. Since Scream is going through the same thing as Exorcist, but on a different level, because Scream was not ass, they're just going through production hell at this point, I thought... Okay, if we really did want to bring back Nev Campbell per se, what 10 directors can we get to be part of the Scream franchise? So I'm going to give you right now 10 directors that I think should take over the Scream franchise right after this break. Like you shouldn't say in a scary movie, I'll be right back. Welcome back, y'all. And, um, man, I can't believe, um, not Melissa Barrera, but Jasmine Savoy, she is fucking gangster. (laughs) She is fucking gangster for that shit, I swear. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and talk about 10 directors that I think will be good for the franchise. If we want to bring Nev Campbell back, like I mentioned earlier, this is in no particular order, by the way. So, I made a list of directors, some of the directors that I like, some I based on like their past work and like relative work experience, a couple of they are like some shot in the darks <laughs> and some are just very wild. I mean, and I'm pretty sure you guys are going to very, you guys are going to just identify which ones are the wild ones, I should say. So the first one I said was Ty West. So for Ty West, you know, he did films like X and Pearl. So he's pretty much familiar with how to create a slasher film. Um, I did put um your next, but he had no input on that movie. That was actually Adam Wingard's movie. Um, Ty West was just in the film, <laughs> which I I really thought about that as I was making the list. I was like, wait. Was Ty West directing or was he in the film? And then I remember when I was looking up like his um credits and everything. And I was like, oh shit, he was in the film. He was the boyfriend that got killed in the beginning. Well, not the beginning, but he was the first person in that per- in that party to get killed. I thought about like what would make him good for the franchise and negatives. So uh, there are some negatives because no director is a perfect director. What make him like a good pick is for the fact he knows how to build a strong female lead. So you see what he did with Mia Goth in X and Pearl and just how strong he made her character out to be. Whether And Mia Goth did a good job too, by the way, playing both Pearl and Maxine. In X, 
we see how she played Maxine, an aspiring actress trying to make it in Hollywood. But obviously she's making porn, so it's like that's not going to go very far. But she plays that role very well, especially when she tries to take charge of her life. In Pearl, we see how she plays like this girl from a country um, world and you know she has aspirations of being a star and just the heartbreak that she goes through and I mean he knows how to frame a good character outrageous as it is scarecrow scene by the way the only negatives I have about if Ty West was to actually take over for um, Christopher Landon I feel like for Ty West to take over. I think it would have been better if Melissa Barrera was still there, part of the franchise. And this would be a better story with Sam actually doing a heel turn and becoming a killer, just like Billy Loomis. You know, like her pappy who keeps calling her like fucking Darth Vader and shit. But yeah, I feel like that would probably do better for him versus like him directing Nev Campbell, but I'm pretty sure he can handle that. Um, Another director that I thought would be good would be Eli Roth, just because he did the Hostel movies and Thanksgiving movie. So what makes him really good is that he will probably turn Scream into something really crazy. Like he will probably take it back to the 90s. He will go back to the essence of the film um, he'll put more emphasis on how, like, the movie was shot in a 90s style type of way with the film grains and what have you um, and the color corrections. Um, he'll put more emphasis on, like, the meta humor and all, like, the film references that Scream used to do back in the day. Not to say, like, um, Scream doesn't do much film references. It just feels very, like, I guess minuscule versus like how they really put emphasis on on how film franchises work and how they used to poke fun at film franchises um, back in like the earlier days of Scream, especially with like the first three movies. Yeah, and especially with Scream 6, I really don't remember too many film references being brought into the fold of that movie. So... I feel like with Eli Roth at the helm of the movie, um, he will bring back that type of humor, that type of emphasis, um, and actually have people who are very nostalgic for 90s horror or who actually really love Scream, bring it back to how like Scream used to be filmed back in the day. So that's the one thing that I feel like he will bring as a good um strong point for the film the only negative i have is probably just like he probably won't develop a strong story it's eli fucking roth i mean we've seen hostile i haven't seen thanksgiving but i'm pretty sure thanksgiving is really good but i don't hear anybody talking about thanksgiving is good because it had a compelling story no they talk about thanksgiving because the gore was fucking amazing and the way it was filmed was amazing too. So I really would like to bring him on for that. But the only problem is it might be a little too much emphasis on the gore. But the gore will be definitely good. The next director that I thought would be good for the franchise is Lee Wynell. So Lee Wynell, I mean, yeah, he doesn't direct many horror, I want to say slasher films. I don't know, from, from the ones I've seen. I, I haven't seen too many slasher films by Lee Wynell. 
But Lee Wynell is best known for his Saw movies and Invisible Man. Now, the thing is, is that even though Lee Wynell hasn't done probably too many slasher films, probably, I don't even know. I haven't seen them before, honestly. I mean, maybe those that have seen them, they'll probably let me know. Like, Doom, he has done many slasher films. You need to check this one and this one out. And I'm down to check them out. I'm not saying, like, he hasn't done them before. I'm just saying, like, I'd never seen them before. The only thing is that I would say that Lee Wanell would do is he'll probably like take everything that he's done and what he's learned from his other films and develop a good story with really good gore. Like, honestly, if anything we learned about Saw is that he's really good with like the gore, like just like the ideas of like what to put in that film. Um, what we learn from like movies like Insidious and Invisible Man, we know that he's good at telling stories. Like he's good at developing stories for the film and the film franchises that he kind of takes over for. Um, Invisible Man really did have a good story. So we know there's going to be a lot of like mystery and deception that's going on. And I feel like if he were to take over for the film franchise, I mean, it would be something just like Malignant, but less like superhero stunts like Malignant had. Because we all know like Lee Wanell and James Wan, I mean, they're good friends and their directing styles is almost the same. So it's a reason why fucking, you know, Saw is as successful as it is. So the only negative I would say about Lee Wynell, I mean, it's not too much negative. I mean, I really can't come up with too many, but the only thing I could say is like, he might be a little too busy. The man might be too busy because he's right now developing the Wolfman. So, I mean, to put Scream on his play, he probably wouldn't even have time for it or even develop a good film because of that. The next director that I think could be a good fit, but probably on a little more of the controversial side, somewhat, but um it's Jordan Peele and I mean I say controversial because of like just one thing a lot of social commentary but I mean his resume stands out for itself I mean he did get out which was a standout um Candyman I mean he didn't really direct it but he did do some producer credits and he did write some of it as you know like he's already had a hand in working with Legacy um, franchises and he did have a legacy character in the Candyman movie the one thing I would say about um that that would be good because like I feel like Jordan Peele will bring it back scream to the essence just because of like him having the work with Candyman and also doing the Twilight Zone I haven't watched any of the Twilight Zone I heard like it was fucking terrible though <laughs> <laughs> nobody liked that shit <laughs> but either way he had experience working on that shit i mean either way you know he's he has a hand in working with legacy and trying to keep the story alive what he could bring new to the franchise is actually having a strong element of social commentary as well with like also the nuance about film and film um tropes that are used in horror movies with this this would be better suited if like you know he had like the twins kind of put more emphasis put them in situations 
where they mention on how like you know black people are being used in film and maybe them pointing out more of like how it's kind of fucked up for how they use them in film and bring that ideology into into that into that franchise i mean yeah we had fucking um scream resurrection but that was fucking ass (laughs) and that was another thing like i would i would have said like he could do like a all black um scream movie but we have fucking scream resurrection and it was not really that good honestly especially the character reveal was like bro really but um the negative i would say like not so much like the legacy would have to be under his own universe so like the franchise would have to be his own universe or um make the story about the twins that was the only thing and like i mentioned early no one really gives a fuck about the twins but maybe i feel like jordan pill could possibly it's a negative but at the same time it could be a positive but jordan pill could probably make the twins be relevant for the screen fan- franchise and carry on the legacy of the of the movie all right my next director that i added and this one is a wild one but it's a reasonable one is rob zombie let's bring the zombie man to scream and here's why i mean he had already did the halloween movie so you already know he knows how to handle a legacy franchise and actually it wasn't much so a legacy he actually did more of a reboot so before anybody corrects me yes i know it's a fucking not even a reboot i'm sorry it's a remake if he remade fucking halloween one and two and honestly speaking i really thought those were the better films don't no one throw their pitchforks or you know stones at me or anything like that but i mean that's just my personal thoughts um he's done movies like house of a thousand corpses devil's rejects I mean, come on, man. The man's list goes on and on. So what makes him suitable for this fucking um, franchise would be he will create an ultra-violent and dark installment. I mean, probably more darker than, well, I don't know if it would be darker than the Radio Silence one. But either way, it would definitely be dark. It would definitely be gory. It would definitely be gorier than... um than radio silences version of it and i mean it's the same thing with lee wanell i think his would be definitely more gory than radio silence but um at the same time i mean i just feel like this will be definitely a a dark tale especially if it's by zombie um what will make it interesting too is that the cinematography would definitely be a callback to the 90s as you notice from um his house of a thousand corpses movie he shot that very um i want to say retro style and it really had like a retro video look to it so you know he will be all over trying to preserve that whole 90s aesthetic into the screen franchise the negative i would say like it'll be probably just too many hillbillies in this fucking movie as you fucking know like rob zombie has a habit of making hillbilly horror movies 
And I mean, do we really want to see a direct straight to video or straight to streaming version of Scream because Rob Zombie wanted to be in his way of, hey, I'm going to do some hillbilly characters. And not to mention, he's probably going to have his fucking wife in the movie again playing a surviving role. Why? <laughs> I swear, I, like, here's the thing. They got to have in a clause for Rob Zombie, like, if Rob Zombie, if you're going to be in this film, you can't have your fucking wife in this film. Fuck her. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it'll be just some major disrespect levels. Like, <laughs> and I mean, if he want to have her in the movie, I mean, he got to do some P Diddy like, like levels of, of persuading, you know, <laughs> he got to let a motherfucker take him out shopping or something. <laughs> But anyway, that was another choice that I thought would be possibly good for the Scream franchise. I know some of y'all are probably like, Doom, what the fuck are you talking about? Or you probably just tuned out already. But anyway, moving on to the next person that I thought would be good is Dario Argento. And as y'all know, this is a legendary filmmaker. And I think he would be good because, I mean, he done a lot of like Giallo films. Giallo is very relative to the slasher genre. So, you know, Argento did movies like Deep Red, Suspiria, Tenebrae, Trauma. You know, a lot of those movies that have that element of mystery, um, slasher, and just like straight up gore and violence. Um, He will be good at creating just a lot of good mystery. And I mean, he'll have a lot of creative deaths. I mean, we've seen a lot of like creative deaths in his movies. I mean, we saw it in movies like Opera. We saw it in Suspiria. I mean, we've seen it in fucking Trauma, by the way. I mean, like, his creativity for creating violence in the most, like, unique ways is really interesting. The only negative I have about Argento is that he might not have the passion to want to create the film or even, like, do the franchise in general. Um, and his last movie, Dark Glasses, it was good, but it wasn't a standout. Like, I would say it was pretty much like a movie that he just made because he wanted to make another film. Um, because I'm pretty sure he wanted to, like, get back in the studios and, and do his thing like he used to do. But this, the Dark Glasses film was probably not one of his best or even memorable films I want to say you know not like all his other films were but either way I mean this is Dario Argento if Dario Argento goes back in his bag like he used to with like Deep Red oh yeah nah he will definitely be a motherfucker who would bring this franchise back um another person that I said I'm trying to think what number I'm on right now. <laughs> I don't even know. Number 1000. But um, another person that I say, and y'all probably going to hate me for this one. Rise Frock Waterfield. And if y'all don't know who that is, that's the nigga that made Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all are just like, the fuck? <laughs> And I'm pretty sure some of y'all are like, bro, I seen that fucking movie. That movie was fucking ass. 
I'm sorry. I love Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Blooded honey, man. Like I, I really do love that fucking film. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And I just thought about like, yo, what would this movie? What would Scream look like if they were to give this motherfucker some money? Like, let's give this nigga some money. You know. And, and he is going to make some crazy ass shit. I mean, I'm sorry, but here's the thing. A lot of y'all hate blood and honey, but here's the thing. It wasn't filmed bad. It had a good like amount of gore in it. Like a lot of good practical effects. Yes, it was silly. It's supposed to be silly. Like literally they probably made this movie in a matter of like three, four months, probably. But either way, practical effects were good and the cinematography was good. I'm sorry, like those alone sold me to go like, yes, I love this film. And it made my top 10. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait, did it make my top 10? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't remember my list that much. But um, either way, it made my top 20. So Blood and Honey, yes, I am all for that shit, bro. And I can't wait for the fucking sequel to come out too. So anybody listening to this, that that's just like, oh my God, this man lost it. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. I love that film. <laughs> like I am not hiding it either. But, um, and I know a lot, a lot of y'all probably hate that shit, <laughs> but, but I love that shit. So yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like the guy already has a passion for like slasher films and he has a passion for making movies. I mean, for somebody, and that's one thing I like that, you know, this guy has a passion for making movies and he wants to go out there and make something. He don't give a fuck that if it is a, you know, free public domain character, you know, he wants to make that film. If this is what gets him noticed, best believe. That's that's what's going to help him get noticed and have him make other films, you know, coming after, especially seeing the success of Blood and Honey. Everybody was so fucking interested in seeing what this shit looked like, including me. You know, we're all like, damn, this movie is going to be terrible, but let me see what it looks like. You know, and I'm pretty sure some motherfuckers paid to go to the theaters to watch this shit. And I would have to say, like, though, that's probably a movie you shouldn't be paying to watch in the theaters i mean it's more of a streaming movie than anything else but just the passion that he has like just to want to create the film that that's that's enough for me i mean give this motherfucker some money and have him do scream seven now the only problem i would say (laughs) we are talking about some guy some guy that did a low budget film so the story is probably not gonna be good um but he's not gonna be the one writing it um i think it's guy busiek and um I forget the guy's name, but his last name is Vanderbilt, and yeah, I, I was gonna say Jarrett Vanderbilt, but I'm like, that's the that's the nigga off the Lakers, bro. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> but um, those guys are writing the film, so you know, all rise have to do is just direct the film, and that's it. So, um, he'll have a bigger budget, but um, how much of it is going to look like an indie? movie and can he translate the indie tone that he had in blood and honey to mainstream film i don't know is he too small time i don't know 
The next guy that I said that would be good to direct the film is Mike Flanagan. Now, a lot of y'all are probably like gushing. I'm pretty sure some of y'all are gushing over the idea of Mike Flanagan going to make like a Scream 7 or direct the Scream 7 franchise if he was given the chance to. I mean, he's done movies like Hush, Dr. Sleep, Gerald's Game. I mean, definitely Dr. Sleep showed how much he could handle a franchise and actually keep it to its essence. So that was one of the things I said that he was good at. I mean, he's good at keeping at the source material, especially what he did with Dr. Sleep. He's good at making compelling stories. I mean, he did it with Oculus. He did it with Hush. Um, Gerald's Game was a really good film. The only negatives is that I have about Mike Flanagan. It's probably not going to be as gory as we would hope it to be. Now, Scream 6 took the violence to a new level, made it super gory. Um, Scream 4, I want to say, because Scream 5, I can't really remember. No, it, it was gory. Scream 5 was definitely gory, especially with the knife of that one dude. Who took it to the face? I wonder. I'm not actually. It was. It was to the throat, and I really do wonder, like, how they made that that happen. You know, but I mean, besides that, because I'm going way off base right now. I mean, I don't. Re- I don't really think of Mike Flanagan as a gory type horror creator. Now he'll make something very psychological, and the story will be good, and you'll be guessing, like, you know, who is the killer? Like, I feel like you'll be spending more time more curious about the killer than seeing the gore and the one thing about scream is like they harmonize both the mystery and the gore in a seamless amount of levels now mike flanagan might make some very compelling and merry not merry but very i can't talk but um he'll make some very um compassionate and yet um i want to say not well, heart-wrenching um, deaths in his movie, but, well, in the movie if he was given a chance, but as far as, like, you know, him making gore, like, radio silence or anything like that, I mean, I don't think he would really do that. And speaking of radio silence, they are the next ones on my list, because basically, I mean, they're familiar with the franchise. I mean, there's no need to talk about, like, their accolades. I mean, Besides the Scream movies, I mean, they got the VHS film, Southbound, um, I believe they, I can't remember what else they did, so <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend like I know anything else that they did, but um, definitely they got VHS and Southbound under their belts, and I mean, of course, we know they did Scream 5 and 6, so they're already familiar with the franchise, they already know that how to keep to the essence of the film, the only problem is... And this is circling back to what we were talking about earlier is, is Nev Campbell going to get paid? Are they willing to pay Nev Campbell what she is due? Nigga, pay what she owes. <laughs> like, like Riley off the boondocks, man. You know, Santa, Santa, you, you better give Riley that boy what he wants. You better give him them rims. But um, yeah, that's the only thing that will definitely bring this to a halt is them not paying Nev Campbell what she wants. So are these motherfuckers willing to break the bank on having Nev Campbell be Sydney Prescott one more time? And last person, and this one is a wild one, 
is John Carpenter. And we all know we love John Carpenter. I mean, we love his movies. I mean, Escape from L.A., Escape from New York, Halloween, The Thing, They Live. They Live is probably like my personal favorite. So we already know what John Carpenter could do. We're not going to, we don't even have to talk about like why he should be there. But some of the things that I thought would be interesting is if John Carpenter was part of this film, he would definitely take it to another level with the music, man. Like the one thing about Scream is they don't have a memorable soundtrack nor score. The the thing is that carrying Scream a lot is Ghostface himself you know, calling people up going, what's your favorite scary movie? You know, and there's no like compelling music that really carries the film. I mean, at least for me, it, it doesn't resonate with me. Now put John Carpenter in, oh man, he's going to make some Nintendo 64 James Bond type music. That's just going to be slapping. I mean, that shit is going to be busting through your, through your ear holes and everything like that. And you're just going to be like in your seat, like, ah, ah, man, John is in his bag like (laughs) I'm sorry I'm talking like this motherfucker like Pharrell or something but yes oh man actually what would Pharrell do if he actually had a chance to do a do a score for Scream I don't know I'm going way off topic right now (laughs) but I don't know that that was such a random thought (laughs) but John Carpenter would definitely make a very compelling soundtrack or a memorable soundtrack or score for the film, and also as well as develop good storylines, complex stories with complex characters. I mean, like we've seen in movies like The Thing and They Live. Um, The only thing is, the negative I would have to say is, is he willing to come out of retirement and touch a film that was made by Wes Craven? Now, I don't know about y'all, but I always like to think like, you know, there's a little beef going on with, you know, Wes Craven and John Carpenter. I mean, maybe it's probably really non-existent. It doesn't really exist. And I just like to pit these two against each other for whatever reason, Um, because probably motherfuckers probably confuse niggas like, you know, with their franchise and everything like that. But at least I did. <laughs> but um yeah i'm i really do wonder like is he willing to come out of retirement and touch a movie that was made or touch a franchise that was made by wes craven even though wes craven didn't do screen five and six you know and it was all by radio silence and technically scream seven is not a wes craven film but it's just you know, Paramount and Spyglass trying to keep the franchise going because I'm pretty sure they're banking off of this franchise more than anything. Is he willing to come out of retirement knowing that this used to be Wes Craven's franchise? And is he willing to come in and do his magic onto it? So I don't know, but those are my 10 directors that I thought were good for Scream 7. Throw a, I'm gonna throw one out there. I'm gonna throw a wild card because because I just thought about this guy, Damian Leon. I swear he will probably be a good addition to this director's list just because of just gore alone. If we want to do like a really fucking gory Scream Seven movie, you know, let let's get the Terrifier director in, man. I want to see what he could do. I mean, again, like the motherfucker is not writing the movie, but. 
he is directing it so yeah let's see what he could do with the film but anyway those are my 10 directors maybe 11 if you want to add damien leone on it and i'm gonna come back with the slasher corner so be right back guys so for the slasher corner movie of the week i want to pick two movies actually and they're part of each other horror in the high desert one and two so those movies is based on like a found footage movie about this guy who is journeying out into the desert ends up getting lost and basically the way this movie is shot is shot as if like it was a documentary on television and i do like the fact that they go balls deep with it because if you've seen hell house any of the hell house movies they do the same thing but they don't go as balls deep with the documentary interview true crime um interview style that this movie does this movie goes straight into that true crime documentary and i do like it so this movie is very interesting um if you have never seen it before i watched it for the first time last week i'm not going to give away too much about what happens in the film um, but it does look like there could possibly be a third film on the way. I don't know. I would hope so. But anyway, um, that, those two movies, definitely check them out. And that's it for today. So this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror. I want to thank you, the audience, for listening. And thank you for listening to the last episode um, that I put out. Um, hopefully, I'll be back again next week. If not, I'll be back soon. So... We're almost at a hundred episodes with this show, so that's another thing I am very excited about. Um, I've been, man, I, I didn't think I would hit a hundred, man, but like I'm glad that I'm still doing this and almost got a hundred episodes for y'all, for those that are listening out there and enjoy the show. But anyway, um, if you want to follow your, if you want to follow, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. If you want to follow your boy on the social medias. Those social medias are Walter Doom Horror on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, the Walter Doom on X, and Walter Doom anywhere else where podcasts are streaming. And make sure if y'all are listening on YouTube, give it a like, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, all that good shit, you know. Shouts out to my boys Algorithm C and Kelly the Wolf for supplying the beats to the show. Make sure to check out their projects too. They have a couple of um, things that they have in the works. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Um, I will link it onto my um, description. So this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror. This is America. Don't let them catch you slipping now. Stay diabolical, people. I am tired of talking right now, but peace.